It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Bakia Bryant, a 16-year-old girl in Columbus, Ohio, called the police for help, an officer was on the scene, and in 22 seconds, he shot her dead. What if it were a member of your family, your neighbor, uh, in a, uh, essentially a, a teenage fight, a schoolyard fight? So many other black people will face similar fates. The police will not exercise discretion, will not use a reduced sense of engagement to preserve black life. Well, there you go. That's uh, that's what people heard when they listened to MSNBC and CNN yesterday. They heard that another police officer had shot a poor girl, this innocent 16-year-old, Makia Bryant, and uh, he, it was unwarranted. You heard the first guy say that she was the one who called for help. I'm not sure that's true. Uh, the police chief of uh, Columbus, Ohio, did a long press conference. They released the camera video. They released the police, the man that shot her, the policeman that shot her. You saw his camera video. And, of course, you can see it. You've heard all of this already, but I will just repeat. Uh, this is happening in the wake of Derek Chauvin being found guilty. And, you know, everybody's on edge. But this is a fight between uh, a, a bunch of black young girls. And this particular girl has a knife. She's already thrown someone on the ground. And you see her going to this other girl who's holding a dog. And she starts to stab her. And the policeman shoots, uh, shoots her and kills her. So um, he saved one black girl's life, but of course that's not important. The important thing is he killed poor Makia, who was trying to stab the other girl. That's it's just uh, unfathomable. The one thing that strikes me is how quickly now they are uh, running out there to lie about what's happening uh, in every way that they can. Uh, and of course, it's not just the media. It isn't just the media. It's the White House. Jen Psaki, the press secretary, came out and was quick to comment herself. Clip four. Let's listen. The killing of 16-year-old Michaela Bryant by the Columbus police is tragic. She was a child. We know that police violence disproportionately impacts uh, black and Latino people in communities and that black women and girls, like black men and boys, experience higher rates of police violence. Our focus is on um, working to address systemic racism and implicit bias head-on and, of course, to passing laws and legislation that will put much-needed reforms into place at police departments around the country. All right, so that's encouraging to police around the country, I'm sure. Black, white, and brown policemen who are going into these really difficult neighborhoods and putting their lives on the line every day. This is great encouragement to have your president, uh, the White House, and I'm going to make further evidence that they are undermining the safety of this country and undermining the effectiveness of the police. And why would I do that? Because uh, after the Derek Chauvin victory, victory conviction, it was a victory for the left, uh, President uh, Biden came forward to say what he had to say. This is just a bit of it. Let's listen. Today, a jury in Minnesota found former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin guilty on all counts 
in the murder of George Floyd last May. It was a murder in the full light of day, and it ripped the blinders off for the whole world to see the systemic racism the Vice President just referred to. The systemic racism is a stain on our nation's soul. <clears throat> the knee on the neck of justice for black Americans. Profound fear and trauma. The pain, the exhaustion that black and brown Americans experience every single day. The murder of George Floyd launched a summer of protest we hadn't seen since the civil rights era in the 60s. Protests that unified people of every race and generation in peace and with purpose to say enough, enough, enough of the senseless killings. Okay, so a couple of things occur to me. He said a lot more than that. We just pulled that part out. Do you remember being unified over those demonstrations around the country after George Floyd was killed? I don't remember anybody unifying anybody. Uh, I, I think that there, in this regard, that when we saw the policeman with his knee on George Floyd's neck, it was tough to take. I'll never forget watching it myself, and I was criticized because I, it looked like um, it looked like murder to me. It looked like killing to me. It was very upsetting. But then, when you get the backdrop of it, because you can't see in a video, you understand that for what fifteen minutes prior to that, George was fighting them. He was on drugs. They had had a real uh, battle with him. Uh, and so uh, you get a different perspective, and you hear a little bit more about Derek Chauvin and his past, his record. You also hear that that's a method that police do use. They're taught about the knee on the neck. And so it, it's just very different when you hear actually the, you know, but it's easy to jump to a conclusion, especially when the media is rushing out to tell you what to think and to ex- accuse police again of taking the life of, what What did they say? What did uh, Jen Psaki say, an innocent 16-year-old girl? Not so innocent. Not so innocent. You know, 16-year-old girls and boys can do great harm. Look at all the, the uh, mass shootings in high schools by these young white guys. You look wicked. Like I said, wickedness doesn't know a color. It doesn't know a color. And it's just so twisted for us to make this all about race, and yet that's what they're doing. The president is joining in, and by the way, in his remarks, uh, just this is really now the, probably the most troubling, deep issue uh, about what he did. And that is, he went on to say that now we must go ahead and confirm Vanita Gupta. Vanita is the choice for Associate Attorney General. We must confirm her. Vanita Gupta is a person who's been pushing defunding the police. Vanita Gupta owns, uh, her family owns, and she owns millions of dollars in stock at Avantar, which is a company that manuf- manufactures the essential ingredient used to make heroin and methamphetamine. Uh, she made millions of dollars over the overdose situation in this country, and she's been pushing for, you know, letting up on drug uh, restrictions. She is a nightmare candidate for this, and especially because she wants to defund the police. So I'm going to tell you something you can do, because you always ask me, what can I do? I'll tell you what you can go do. Go to freeroots.com, freeroots.com. There's a petition there, and you'll see it. It won't be hard to find. There are other petitions on it, but it's Vina Gupta, and it's titled, um, Sen- Senators Say No to Police Defunders. Say no. She's going to be the Associate Attorney General, and uh, Joe Biden is all in favor. He's cheerleading. 
as a result of the conviction of Derek Chauvin, we need Vinita Gupta to defund, help us defund the police. So go to that petition and sign. It says, Senators say no to police defunders. It'll make it easy for you. We'll put the link uh, in addition to this on our Facebook page so that you can get to it. But it is just ridiculous. Ridiculous is too kind a word. It's frightening to see our president, the unlawfully elected president of this United States and his vice president, who was no better. Remember Kamala Harris, her background, she is uh, half Indian, East Indian, and half Jamaican. Her father was a professor. Kamala talks about all the racial inequity, but Kamala's father and her family actually owned slaves in Jamaica. Uh, She talked about her mom and dad marching in the civil rights movement and all the injustice. And I think her father even said... Uh, he does. He sort of disowned her with that. Like they, they weren't feeling racial injustice, but she's right in there, and she's very strongly supported by Black Lives Matter. Plus, she's a strong supporter of Black Lives Matter. During the riots after uh, the death of George Floyd, she was out there uh, urging fundraising, uh, actually fundraising for Black Lives Matter. And so now she's the vice president of the United States. And after the Chauvin verdict, this is what Vice President Kamala Harris had to say. Clip eight. Today, we feel a sigh of relief. Still, it cannot take away the pain. A measure of justice isn't the same as equal justice. This verdict brings us a step closer, and the fact is, we still have work to do. We still must reform the system. America has a long history of systemic racism. Black Americans, and black men in particular, have been treated throughout the course of our history as less than human. Black men are fathers, and brothers, and sons, and uncles, and grandfathers, and friends, and neighbors. Their lives must be valued in our education system, in our healthcare system, in our housing system, in our economic system, in our criminal justice system. All right, thank you, Vice President uh, Harris. I wonder if you uh, thought about the fact of your family when they were enslaving black Jamaicans, uh, thought about that black men are fathers and brothers and sons and uncles and neighbors. I wonder if your family thought about that when they were, you know, doing their plantations and, uh, you know, whatever they did, disciplining their slaves Really, this is just the height of, of hubris and hypocrisy and dangerous hypocrisy. Of course, black men are the same as white men. They have intrinsic value because of God, the creator of all people. And uh, that is the goal of the United States. Our Judeo-Christian heritage teaches us that all men are created equal. That's why our, our Constitution, our founding documents said that. Maybe she doesn't know that. It's possible, you know, because she was uh, ed- educated in the American system. Uh, Joe Biden just can't remember. Uh, but this is our goal. It has always been our goal. This is not news to us. You didn't make this up, this whole notion of equality. This is not your idea. This is God's idea. Uh, and he's hardwired our hearts to understand it. children are not born with prejudice. We don't have to be told this, Kamala. We need to tell our people about the worth of human life. We don't need to indiscriminately abort babies of color, which is what you're in favor of. That's just so vile. And yet you whip 
people in a frenzy about police. And by the way, the numbers about black men being killed by police, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember the number Bruce just told me yesterday. And I think it's something like, it's unbelievably low uh, compared to white and uh, Hispanic uh, victims of shootings by police. Uh, the, the the shootings of black males are it is really astoundingly low. It's I mean it's like in two digits, uh, and I'll get that stat for you and I'll tell you about it. But this is twisted, and it isn't to say that black men have never been mistreated by police. I would never say that. I know that's not true. But we have been making progress, and we were not regressing, and now we're regressing, and we're dismantling. Uh, the uh, the respect that people have for police. I remember Bruce told me when he was uh, in the FBI in Chicago. Uh, he was with the Chicago police in some sort of an altercation on the south side of Chicago, and that's where a lot of black Chicagoans live. And she said, he said it was some you know chaotic situation, and this woman came out of her house and said, after it was settled down, she said, thank God for the white policeman. Thank God for the white policeman. That's how black people feel in these neighborhoods. They understand. And uh, by the way, a lot of the policemen are black and brown now. It isn't a race thing. But they want it to be. They want it to be. And so they stoke the flames of division and hatred. And uh, speaking of that, LeBron James jumped in. He did his share. He actually tweeted and doxed the officer that did the shooting in Columbus, Ohio. He showed his picture and uh, doxed him and, and tweeted, um, it's, what is it? It's, uh, you're next. You're next to the Columbus police officer. You're next. LeBron James, you know, the Ohio sweetheart of basketball. And uh, some people are responding to that with a not, without a kind um, without kind remarks, and thank God they are. Tom Cotton says, LeBron James is inciting violence against Ohio poli- an Ohio police officer. This is disgraceful and dangerous. Is the NBA okay with this? Uh, then uh, Clay T- Travis says, LeBron James doxes police officer who saved a teenage girl from being stabbed to death, demands the officer be held accountable, and sets a new record for athlete stupidity. I'm with him. I'm with him. This is from A.G. Hamilton. That cup did not, nothing wrong by any reasonable standard, and now someone with 50 million followers is encouraging attacks against him. That's on top of countless news organizations lying about his actions. Decent people need to speak up. Real people will get hurt by this stuff. You think, you think that black and brown and white people are not going to be the victims of horrendous crime because the police are just being hamstrung, reduced, put in danger themselves, and our president and vice president are right in there in the middle of all of it. It is a disgrace. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Can I tell you about a hero of the faith? Hi, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and Shadrach is an elder in a shanty church deep in the heart of Zambia, Africa, the country where the famous missionary David Livingstone carried out years of ministry. The church received word that an attack was coming from Islamic extremists, and sure enough, it came, and the man Shadrach had a handgun to help protect the congregation. In self-defense, he shot a man, Ishmael, but did not kill him, but instead nursed him back to health, took care of his livestock over many months, and taught his daughter to read and write. And the result is that the family has come to Christ along with 80 former Islamist extremists. But they live where Bibles are almost non-existent. Listen, the gospel's going forth today, and we get to be a part of their story at only $5 a Bible. Will you pray about it and then make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or visit sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. 
This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Thomas J. Walters, Director of the Federal Law Enforcement Training Centers. Mr. Walters helps move forward the Department's mission of working to train those who protect our homeland. Hebrews 13.6 reminds us of God's protection. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Thomas J. Walters as he works to protect our people and our country. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2021 prayer journal to help guide you through the year in prayer. Available now at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. No matter your career goals, you want to find a university that provides excellent academics and state-of-the-art facilities at a price you can afford. At Liberty University, they believe a quality Christian education should be available to everyone. That's why they've frozen their tuition rates through the 2021-2022 academic year and offer multiple scholarships, like the Middle America Scholarship, to bring that price point even lower. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. When Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin put his knee on the neck of George Floyd, the media and the race agitators established a narrative. White cop intentionally killed innocent black man. Cops hate black people. Well, if true, that would have been a heinous and unspeakable crime, but it turned out not to be true. Yes, Officer Chauvin was convicted of killing Mr. Floyd. Yes, he broke police protocols during the arrest, but race had nothing to do with what happened on that sidewalk. And we know that because not a shred of evidence was presented during the trial that indicated Officer Chauvin was a racist or that he intentionally targeted Mr. Floyd because of the color of his skin. Facts matter. The truth matters. And the left is playing a very dangerous game by attempting to demonize every police officer in America. Be sure to read more about this story and download my free podcast at ToddStearns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. So again, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. For being there to call out to your mom. How, how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe. But because of you and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous. Just interesting. That's Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. It sort of resonates with those of us that are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't you think? George Floyd, now she's saying he sacrificed his life for justice. So did he sacrifice his life, and was it for justice? Well, those are two things I want to talk about with our next guest, among other things. But let me also add, um, I just got the stat on this, just to be specific. Last year, in the year 2020, 15 unarmed black men were shot by police. Now, you know, I don't, we can talk about the circumstances. I don't know the circumstances of all, but that's the number. The point is, it's not like an exponential wave of shootings of black men by police. That's just a lie. It's a lie. 
And it really is from the pit of hell, and it's causing terrible havoc, racial division. It's whipping people into a frenzy to create, uh, to commit more crimes. Our police are just uh, on – it's not just the police that are at risk. It's the people in the neighborhoods, as I've said before, in the cities. And it's coming to all of us. You think with all of the criminals that are passing over the border freely uh, in the South without kind of any kind of restraint – um, from all over the world, not just Mexico and Central America, but from all over the world, the drug cartels getting more strong and strong. You think we're not going to have crime? We're going to have crime like we can't even imagine. And uh, with the coupled with the fact that they want to take away our ability to protect ourselves with guns, uh, we we are going to reap some really bitter fruit from all of this. The times are difficult, and um, AFA is getting ready to have a week from tonight what's called AFA at Home with Walker Wildman. It's going to be a virtual town hall, and they're going to have a conversation about spiritual warfare. It's going to be at 7 o'clock Central Time, and uh, it's going to feature um, Mickey Addison, Bert Harper, Bishop E.W. Jackson, Ed Vitagliano, Tony Perkins, and my next guest, Pastor Jeff Shreve. And before I introduce him, let me say you need to pre-register to watch this. Uh, you can. It's going to be free, but you have to register at afa.net. That's afa.net. Okay? So uh, Jeff Shreve doesn't know, but he's one of my favorite pastors. I listen to him every Sunday morning on American Family Radio as I'm getting ready for church. He's on at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time a.m. I know that's pretty early for some of you, uh, but I love his preaching. It's solid and inspirational, and now that I know more about him, I understand it. He is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Texarkana, uh, and before that, he was a businessman, got his degree in business from the University of Texas, and then uh, had a, a really incredible encounter with God and went into full-time ministry, and that explains a lot of the power behind his preaching. Uh, Pastor Jeff, thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you, Sandy. So sweet. I appreciate your kind comment. Well, I meant it, and uh, thank you for all that you do every Sunday morning. And uh, but before, it's uh, From His Heart is what the, your radio show is. Does it air a second time? Because um, because that's early in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we're on a lot of different stations and platforms and stuff on Sunday. We're on the okay. NRB network and T- uh, TV, uh, TBN and different okay. things like that, along with the radio. Okay, so From His Heart is the name of the ministry. All right, if I want to go, uh, let me back up for a second, because I'm thinking that you might have some thoughts about that clip I played from Nancy Pelosi. Thank you, George Floyd for sacrificing your life for justice. What a, what comments about that might you share? <laughs> well, it's just, we, we live in such an upside-down world. Uh, you know, when you were playing that, I immediately thought of Isaiah 5, verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, yes. who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Uh, that's kind of the the world we live in today. I mean, George Floyd didn't he didn't do anything that would cause him to be, you know, brutalized into his death. I think that is we'd all agree that was wrong. I don't know why that guy had his knee on his neck for nine minutes. That was just insane. And I've talked to uh, police officers here in Texarkana, and they they couldn't explain it. They said, you know, once you get a guy and he's cuffed, then you you don't have to use you know, force anymore. Um, but to present him as this uh, paragon of virtue and justice is just ridiculous. I mean, there was a reason why they were called out there to confront the guy. Um, 
So I don't understand that at all. You know, the thing that I, one point I try to make often, uh, Jeff, and you can uh, help me with this, I know you can. When they use the word justice, it is so perverted also. God's justice is not what is being uh, touted as just. There's this big, huge umbrella of justice uh, that they use all the time. Right. Now, how would you, I know I'm throwing things at you you maybe weren't expecting, but how would you contrast what's being called justice now in our culture and what is God's justice? Well, you know, Ezekiel 18, the Lord talks about uh, personal taking responsibility for your life. And we're all going to have to stand before God and give an account of our lives. Uh, you know, whether it's the judgment seat of Christ for believers, I mean, we're going to be judged based on what we did with, with our relationship with Jesus, how much we let Him live through us. And for a lost guy, the great white throne judgment, Revelation chapter 20, you're going to have to give an account, and uh, you're going to see all your sins read before your eyes and your your ears, and uh, it's going to be a it's a those great great white throne judgment is horrible. Um, but we have so twisted and perverted what justice is. Uh, if people take personal responsibility for their lives and they do what is right, you know the old the phrase that you were hearing so much in Ferguson some years ago, no justice, no peace. Right. Well, so if we don't get justice, we're going to tear the town down and commit injustice. Yeah, I mean, how does that work? So we didn't get justice, so I'm going to, you know, commit all these crimes to just show you that you need to give me justice. Uh, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of the uh, situation with, uh, Islam, where, you know, if you call us terrorists, we're going to murder you until you quit calling us that. Uh, it's just such an oxymoron. Yes. It's it's such a perversion. It really is. I, I, I often try um, uh, to put it this way. It seems to me that God's justice is a measure of what's right and what's wrong. I think, like, with children uh, who just, you know, your little children, then they go, that's not fair. Mary got more than I got. You know, it's a sense of injustice because we, I think we're hardwired for wanting what's fair, what's just. Right. Uh, retribution when it's deserved and uh, a reward when it's deserved. That's God's justice is tied to truth, Jeff, I think. And uh, we've just perverted that. We Justice to them is like a political, uh, whatever comports to their political aims or ambitions. And it, it's uh, they've right. taken us off the track of truth and what really justice is. I'm yeah, gonna, well, you're... I mean, God tells us... Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, please. Well, I mean, God tells us how to live, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Uh, we, we need to treat others with respect. I don't care if they're white, red, yellow, black, brown, purple. Uh, people are people, and we treat people with respect. I think we've gotten so far away from what Martin Luther King said, which I wholly agree with, that... Uh, we judge people not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. seems like now all we do is judge people by that color of their skin. And, um, and we, our society can't survive for long under this double standard and under this upside-down rule of law. Um, I think it would have been extremely difficult to have been a juror on the Derek Chauvin case. Because how can you not come back with a guilty verdict when uh, it's mob rule? And, and if you don't say he's guilty, 
there's going to be a huge price to pay for that individual juror. I'm not saying that they got it wrong. I'm just saying that it, it's that would have been a very difficult thing to uh, to not go along with the mob. You know, uh, CBS was actually uh, trying to reveal uh, the the identity of the jurors. They were looking to dox them. CBS, Jeff. I mean, that's just uh, that's unconscionable, and it proves your point. I, I want to say, uh, Jeff is with well, me. Uh, no, go ahead. Well, the other thing too, and I, I've seen this. Um, I have a lot of friends that are police officers in our church, and I, I appreciate those guys and admire those guys putting their lives on the line every day. They're not perfect, but you know there are a few bad apples, just like they're bad apples in everything. But by and large, those men and women are quality people who don't get paid a lot of money for risking their lives every day. And uh, you're putting those people in a position where it's like, who wants to do this? Uh, if we have zero police protection, then the whole country just becomes, uh, you know, the Wild West. Well, that is where we're heading. You know, this is this is kind of a companion to when societies break down. We saw it most recently, I think, in Venezuela uh, when uh, the, the Marxists took over gradually. There was this uh, breakout of murders and, and crime, and people were the victims, just regular people were the victims. It kind of is a companion to societal breakdown. Uh, Jeff, let's let's change the subject just a little bit because I do want to talk to you about what you guys are going to be talking about next week at AFA at Home with Walker Wildman. By the way, that's Thursday night, week from tonight at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time, and there's going to be a panel, like a town hall discussion, and you can participate in this by going to afa.net, afa.net, and registering, and uh, Pastor Jeff will be part of that panel, and they'll be talking about spiritual warfare. So I would, I would love to pick your brain on this, Jeff. Um, what? Uh, let me ask you, what are the signs, you think, right now, uh, that are happening around us that we are indeed in the middle of spiritual warfare? Are there particular signs where we could know that? Well, so... I think it's there are signs that we're in definitely in the last part of the last days. And, you know, in the last letter Paul wrote to uh, to Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter three, he said, "But know this, realize this, that in the last times, difficult last days, difficult times will come." And then he gives a list of all the qualities of the difficult times in the hearts of men. Uh, we're definitely living in that. And uh, Romans one paints a picture of when you reject God as we have as a society. Uh, God lets you go. He says, okay, he gives you over. He gives you over to sexual immorality, to homosexuality, and to all sorts of societal ills. And I think that's we're we're reaping what we've sown. And uh, I, I use this in my church a lot, uh, the Dr. Phil statement, how's that working for you? It's not <laughs> working well at all. And uh, but that's what happens. And God says, "Okay, you don't want me, so I'll give you over to your own devices, and you're going to see what life is like when I'm not protecting you, when I'm not involved, because you've shoved me out of the public square." And so, our society, not just in America, the whole world, is just going to disintegrate into uh, you know an anarchistic type of environment where uh, whoever's got the biggest army is going to be. In charge. You know, a, a little book was written years ago by Ray Stedman called What on Earth's Going to Happen? And he was talking about uh, the, the, the tribulation. And his description of it, or his explanation of it, was that the 
when the Holy Spirit is removed from earth and the the believers who are the bearers of the Holy Spirit, uh, then the earth will, the, the tribulation will just be simply the earth being left to its own devices, men being left to their own mm-hmm. devices without restraint. I thought that was a very interesting uh, illustration of what might actually be happening during um, during the tribulation. It made a lot of sense to me, Jeff, because I think uh, no question that when we're left to our own devices, even with the restraint of the Holy Spirit, we men mankind create horrible messes left to our own choices right. and decisions. It is chaos and wickedness. Yeah, because the heart is deceitfully sick and wicked, and who can know it? Yeah, it, it's amazing the... I was talking to our staff the other day, and I said, you know, you don't have to read very long in the Bible to run into uh, Genesis 19 and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and Adma and Zeboim, those cities of the plain. Uh, wickedness made its its way into society quickly and, and at such a depth that it was shocking. Yes, and uh, you know, God, you know, destroyed the earth the first time because of the violence. And so um, that's how much he hates violence. Uh, he, he hated right. the violence that men were doing to each other, and so he destroyed the earth by a flood. It just gives you the, uh, an idea of the heart and mind of God on this issue. And we are seeing such an uptick in violence. It's just so hard to take. You know, I did radio in Chicago for years, Jeff, uh, drive time, and there was so much crime there. Uh, you know, in, in the 90s, there was a lot of crime. <laughs> There's been a lot of crime in Chicago since the 20s, I guess. But I would hear of some heinous, horrible thing happening. And I would just honestly weep, and I'd think, I've never heard anything so bad. That has to be as bad as it can get. That has to be the worst I've ever heard. And then the next week or a month later, there would be something else, some other more heinous thing. It's like there, it's, it never right. ends. The wickedness never ends. No. Uh, so, um, no, well, we no, have to— uh, Jeff, we have to take a short break, but when we come back, I have some other—I'm going to pick your brain on some other things on the continuing theme of this— spiritual warfare. I'm curious, I'm going to ask you this question on the other side. Uh, Do bad things happen on earth apart from it being spiritual warfare, or is it just humans sometimes being humans? Just an interesting question. Be interesting to know your your thoughts about that. My guest is Pastor Jeff Shreve, pastor of First Baptist Church of Texarkana in uh, Texas, of course. And uh, Jeff uh, is going to be part of AFA at Home with Walker Wildman a week from tonight. And if you would like to hear that town hall with Mickey Addison and Bert, Bert Harper and Bishop Jackson and Eva Taliano and Tony Perkins, you can go to afa.net, afa.net, and sign up. And I hope you will do that. I'll be right back after this. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Hi, this is Pastor Robert Morris. I'm often asked, how do I grow in my relationship with the Lord? How do I hear God? What is God's plan and purpose for me? I want to personally invite you to join me on Sunday mornings right here on AFR for Worship and the Word, and we will discover the answer to these questions together. We'll explore the truths found in God's Word that will help you strengthen your faith and develop a more intimate relationship with Him. Each one of us is a leader of a small cell group. Focal Point with Brian Fisher. We have people with whom we communicate that do listen to us. We have an opportunity to keep them informed and to keep them mobilized, to keep them motivated so everybody stays engaged in the fight for the soul of our country. Focal Point, the home of muscular Christianity. 
Weekday afternoons at 1 central on American Family Radio. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. My name is Abraham Hamilton III and this is the Hamilton Minute. Here Jesus instructed his disciples to cross a lake and meet him on the other side of it. As they went, they were met by a violent windstorm that halted their progress. Often in our Christian lives, we receive clear instruction from the Lord, only to be met by an obstacle that halts our progress. We must, however, recognize that the onset of a storm does not cancel out God's instructions. Halted progress does not equal denied destination. When Jesus directed the disciples to go to the other side, he absolutely meant for them to get there. Delay does not equal denial. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Ryan Fisher here with the Life and Liberty Minute. The nation is reeling from the verdict in the Derek Chauvin case. Regardless of what people think of the verdict, it's now clear we have reached a dark place as a culture where we seem to be governed by the rule of the mob rather than the rule of law. The truth and the law have now been shackled by those who are pursuing an agenda of social justice rather than biblical justice. Because of our roots in Christianity, we as a nation have always defined justice as a process. That is, someone receives justice if their trial was conducted fairly and justly. But we are no longer there as a culture. Now justice is defined as an outcome. If aggrieved parties don't get the outcome they want, cities can burn to the ground. Social justice warriors are determined to take over all our institutions. We can't let them do it. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Today, President Biden will meet virtually with adversaries like China's Xi Jinping and Russia's Vladimir Putin and dozens of other nations' leaders. The ostensible purpose will be to demonstrate international resolve to address so-called climate change. In practice, this meeting will, like previous ones, feature U.S. commitments to dismantle our energy sector so as to reduce the use of fossil fuels and carbon emissions, fundamentally transforming America to China and Russia's benefit with negligible impact on overwhelmingly naturally induced changes in temperatures. Other summiteers will surely pledge to make similar adjustments, but China, the world's worst polluter with still growing numbers of dirty, coal-fired power plants under construction, will make empty promises and insist on being compensated for doing anything. Whatever one thinks of the reality of climate change, its champions are zealously undermining American interests and sticking us with the tap. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. So, no, this verdict is not justice. Frankly, I don't even think we call it full accountability because there are multiple officers that were there. It wasn't just just Derek Chauvin. And I also don't want this moment to be framed as this system working, working, because it's not working. And 
that's what creates a lot of complexity in this moment. Yeah, so I can hear her little Marxist mind trying to figure out, how, how shall I frame this? That's what she's saying. Because Derek Chauvin was convicted. This is, this is inconvenient. We wanted him to be, you know, let free so we could continue the narrative that there's no justice. Uh, how inconvenient. Ne- nevertheless, it's not going to stop their violence. This is a, a comment or a statement made by a Soros-affiliated group. Let's see what the group is called. It's called um, New American Leaders. And they basically say, uh, today's guilty ruling does not change the fact that black communities are overwhelmingly the victims of police brutality and systematic white supremacy. You know, that's not true. I just told you uh, that the actual numbers are there were 15 unarmed black men killed by police in 2020. Fifteen. There were hundreds of white and black and uh, white and Hispanic uh, people that were shot by police. So that's really just uh, false on its face, but it doesn't matter. Truth doesn't matter. Uh, Pastor Jeff Shreve is my guest, and he is going to be one of the participants in a town hall uh, next Thursday night, April 29th at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time, AFA at Home with Walker Wildman. Uh, and you can sign up by going to afa.net. That's afa.net. We hope you will because it's going to be a discussion of spiritual warfare. And by the way, Jeff Shreve is the pastor of uh, First Baptist Church, Texarkana, and his show, which I love, is called From His Heart. It's on at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday mornings. <laughs> and since that's probably too early for some of you, it's also on weeknights at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time each night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on American Family Radio. Uh, Jeff, I asked you this question before we broke. Um, there are a lot of bad things that happen, but it, or do bad things happen apart from it being spiritual warfare? Isn't evil always spiritual warfare, or, or is it just bad human behavior sometimes? Well, I think it's both. Uh, I still remember hearing a sermon from Adrian Rogers, and he said, you know, if the devil were to evaporate, you would still continue to sin because you have an enemy within your flesh, uh, that old residual part of your Adamic nature that the deeds of the flesh are evident, as it says in Galatians chapter 5, and then it gives a laundry list of immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, all these different things, drunkenness, crowding. So that would still be there, and people would still have uh, difficulties, and uh, they'd have conflict and war and fights and all that stuff. Um, So some of it is just self-inflicted, but then the devil works on that. He works on your fallen nature to create uh, instances and and circumstances that that take that even deeper. So, uh, So I think it's both. Obviously with Job, that's a satanic attack, and God is allowing that to happen. And I think, Sandy, that's what we have to remember. The devil can't do anything in our lives that God doesn't allow him, and God gives him so much rope. He couldn't do anything to Job that God didn't say, okay, you can go this far and no farther. Uh, if the devil had carte blanche, he'd, he'd kill all of us. Yes. Um, <laughs> and and the Lord keeps him at, at bay from doing uh, anything that the Lord doesn't allow to happen. Okay, so um, in thinking about this, you know, I know you know uh, the scripture that uh, most of us that are Christians know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air. And then we also know that the angels fight in heaven. Remember that? I know you do, but I don't remember the passage myself where the angel was fighting and he was late to come to some, uh, I don't know, it was an Old Testament passage. The the angel Gabriel, I think. 
so yeah, so what was so the angels were at war in heaven over what was happening on earth. But here's my question. We fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of the air. But does that mean that we here on earth do not fight uh, in the flesh? Uh, do we just uh, sit back and let the angels do our fighting in heaven because we are wrestling against uh, not against flesh and blood, or do we actually fight on earth? Well, I think I think for a Christian, the fighting is in prayer. Uh, it's in standing up for the truth. Um, you know, we wrestle. As you said, Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the weapons of our warfare, Paul says, are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful uh, for the destruction of fortresses. And the fortresses are the the lies that the devil builds in our minds, these false uh, philosophies and ideologies. And so we have power with the Lord as we call upon His name, as we stand in the truth, as we pray. You know, we've got National Day of Prayer coming up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, as we pray for boldness. That's one of the key things that Christians need to pray for in this day, because God longs to answer that prayer. Acts chapter 4, they prayed for boldness to speak, and the place where they were was shaken. It's almost like God's putting an exclamation point on that prayer and saying, that's the prayer I want to answer. Pray to be bold to speak the truth in love. Um, And that, you know, you can be bold like Stephen and end up getting stoned, but uh, at the end of his sermon, the Lord gave him a standing ovation. So uh, we don't know how long our lives are going to be on this earth, and as we stand up for truth, and I appreciate you doing that and the good folks at AFR doing that, as we stand up for truth, the world is going to hate that, and the devil is going to uh, unleash an arsenal against us, but we are invincible until the Lord says it's time for you to come home. Okay, well, I've got tough questions for you, as you can tell, so I'm going to move on here. <laughs> I have a lot of um, uh, soldier friends. My husband was the F- with the FBI. He's not a soldier, but uh, people that are—their uh, their role is to fight. Uh, and then also, I guess, Americans, in feeling a lot of threats, personal threats now with crime increasing, and it's only going to get worse, this is my question. Is the Christian's role— to passively just stand by while our cities burn and our citizens are murdered or our children are abused and just tell ourselves that God is in control? He is in control. He is sovereign. Is that is that the fallback position, Jeff? Well, I think that it's a tough question because it's like how, how much do you take upon yourself and, and do? Uh, we have an obligation as men to protect women and children and protect our families and protect our neighbors. Uh, so if somebody, you know, if somebody were going to come in and hurt my neighbor who lives next door, I would feel a moral obligation and a divine obligation to to stand up for her and protect her. So I think you can you can put that in the macro and say, okay, if somebody's destroying the city in which we live, do we not have a an obligation to stand with our police officers and support them and be there for them? And, um, almost be deputized in a way to say, I'm going to stand here with him. I have a friend of mine, he said that uh, he's in, I think he lives in Idaho, and uh, he told me, he said, hey, they they were coming to destroy our, our downtown city hall area. And he said, there were a bunch of us that joined the police force, and uh, we stood with the police, and there were more of us than there were with them. And, you know, they're cowards by nature, those, those yes. perpetrators. So when they see they're outnumbered, then they back off. And so uh, some of that is just a show of force. And if, if you have, uh, you know, 
3,000 good guys and there are only 1,000 bad guys, and the bad guys are going to go away. I'll tell you something funny, uh, Jeff. When I used to go to Moody Church in Chicago, and uh, uh, Dr. Gerald Edmonds was our music director, very sophisticated, very uh, genteel. Uh, and um, one day in his uh, next door to him, in his home in northwest Chicago, uh, a young man of some stripe uh, started attacking the daughter of the people that live next door out in the front yard. And our music pastor for Moody Church, Dr. Gerald Edmonds, went next door and did a karate move on him and brought the kid down. It made the Chicago Tribune. <laughs> I'll never forget that. It was oh, just wow. the funniest. It was just so, such a funny son, so non-characteristic, but he defended the girl uh, in the way that he knew. Right. So it was a pr- pretty amazing story. Um, all right, so, yeah. so here's, an, here's another conundrum. We know that when Jesus was arrested in the garden, he told Peter, you know, when Peter, we think it was Peter, cut off the ear of the soldier, uh, Jesus healed it and said, Peter, you know, those that use the sword will die by the sword. So people have taken that to mean that there should not be any kind of defense like that. But in another passage, when he sent out the disciples, he told them to take a sword. So how, what are we to right. make from that? Good question. Um, I, I, do, I told I you they were going to be hard. <laughs> Yeah, those are hard. Those are hard. Um, I think there's a time to stand up and fight, and there's a time that we just go down on our knees and we pray. Um, and I think it's it's not when it's a personal attack as much as it's attacking um, those we love and those that we're called. You know, as a, as a man, I have a wife and three daughters and two granddaughters. If someone were to hurt them, God would want me to stand in the gap and protect them. That's the responsibility that I have. Um, and I would give my life trying to protect them. And that would just be a natural instinct. And I think it's a God-given instinct. But to be aggressive with people, um, that's a different story. And so, you know, Peter was being aggressive with Malchus when he cut off his ear. Tried to Probably tried to cut off his head. Right. The guy but, you know, that wasn't the time for that, and Jesus had told them this is going to take place. And you don't have anything in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, where they were ever they were ever violent or aggressive, you know, physically with anyone. Um, they preached the gospel, they were bold, but then whatever happened to them happened to them. Mm-hmm. For their own defense, as you said, for their own defense, and that's a very important distinction. Right. Okay, so another question. Um, we're watching things deteriorate. You know, I talk about this. Uh, the, 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 the systems, the institutions are crumbling. They just are, Jeff. I worked in D.C. for years, and I have a front row seat to this. Seat to this. The courts, the justice system, the FBI, the everything is eroding. Right. It's uh, public trust, immorality, everything. So is this just, is America just one more nation uh, in the in the history of man that is uh, falling from its inside corruption like Rome did, destroyed from within and without, or is there are there distinctive characteristics that make you think that this might be in fact the end times? Um, I think it's I think it is the end times. Um, now I, I could be wrong. You know, nobody knows exactly when that's going to happen. Obviously, that's heaven's most guarded secret, but it's hard for me to see how our world can continue the way it's going. And it's not just America, it's, it's around the world. And it's like, how can we do this for another hundred years before, I mean, we would just kill each other off. Uh, because as you said, 
the the wickedness of man is is plumbing new depths every day, and the things that you hear are just so shocking. It's like, have we hit bottom yet? And the answer is no. And um, so I think this is ushering in uh, the time of the Antichrist. And in in my mind, you're going to have a, a worldwide economic disaster, which uh, COVID is is you know easily creating that kind of scenario. Uh, to put people in a situation where they're clamoring for a leader, somebody that will lead them out of the economic morass that we're in. And uh, that sets the stage for the Antichrist. He's going to come on the scene. I have all the answers. Follow me. And people will do it. And um, he'll put, you know, a kind of a Band-Aid on some things, and they say, oh, look, he's created peace in the Middle East and all that. Um, but it's going to be short-lived, and uh, it's going to end up in disaster that the world has never seen before. You know, we don't talk too much about our economic situation, but it is really in crisis, and it has been for years. I was on the elevator with a senator years ago, probably probably maybe 20 years ago, and he said we were by ourselves in the elevator going up to a meeting, and he said to me, Sandy, we are, we are in such trouble. We are in so much debt. I read today, by the way, Jeff, that our uh, national debt, America's national debt, really exceeds $123 trillion. They tell us 28, but the real number is $123 trillion, and that's nearly $800,000 of debt per citizen. So um, we know what the end of that's going to be. It will be disaster that you just described, and we just don't want to think about it. I guess we can't really do much about it, and that's one of the reasons I don't dwell on it. Uh, But we do know who's God, don't we? We know who we trust. Jeff, I'm sorry I'm talking so much, but I have to say AFA at Home with Walker Wildman is next Thursday night, and Pastor Jeff Shreve will be uh, one of the uh, conveners of that. They'll be talking about uh, spiritual warfare, and I I think that you won't want to miss that. So please go and sign up uh, at AFA.net, AFA.net. Pastor Jeff Shreve, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, sir. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.